It's a deuce. It's not a sportster. It's a deuce. Yeah, it's like I mean, sports there, really? <laughs> It's time for Loud Pipes. The podcast that brings you the best conversations relating to motorcycles, the riding experience, and other motoring adventures. Here are your hosts for this episode, Rich Warfield and John Maracle. Loud Pipes, episode 158. We've got a trifecta of shenanigans to talk about tonight. Well, that's actually one of them. MotoGP, the hand-built show in Austin, and of course, all the shenanigans that went down on the road trip. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, To my east, Johnny John, Spider Silk, the riding fool. What are you drinking, John? I'm drinking another yingling tonight, Mr. Cameron. Are you having it, some chocolate milk? Is it canned or bottled? It, it's bottled. In the bottle. In the bottle. And, and 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 since I always forget, Mr. Ward. <laughs> always forget. I always forget. Because we always get sidetracked. What are you drinking, my friend? Well, I'm out of beer. Oh, oh, oh hang, hang on, hang on, hang on. Stop the presses. I know, right? Hang on, stop, stop, time out, time out. Can you repeat that again? You're out of beer? Completely out. There's nothing to be found in the house. Because what? I, deli- I delivered the last barrel-aged um, fat boy to Rico. Why is the house out of beer? I just, I haven't bought any. It's not a, not been a priority. Oh. 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 I've been riding too much, John, like you. Oh, come on. You got that top case. You can throw a six-pack in there. I guarantee you can, because that's what happened in Austin. Yeah. To that in a second. Yeah, I would have done that today, but I didn't ride today, so. Then you had a car, so you had plenty of room. We may talk about that later. (laughs) All right, so what what are you having? Are you having water then? Well, I have a a cup of water next to me, but I also have some passion fruit juice. No, what is it? Mango passion fruit juice. Okay. And some spiced rum. That sounds uh, delicious. Sounds like you're in the Caribbean. Yeah, I was gonna have a scotch, but you know, just can't do that stuff. Oh, you'll be on the floor before you know it. I know. I still have that Glenn Levitt here. Ooh, that's some good stuff. You like that, don't you? Yep. Some good stuff. So, shall we invite our protégés that um, help have shan- shenanigans in uh, Austin? Yeah, let's bring in the the Austin contingent. Actually, he's not in Austin. He's closer to Dallas. <laughs> Mr. Chad Rosenboom. How are you, Chad? I'm doing great. How are you guys? We're hanging in there, hanging in there. Thanks for joining us. And are we going to have the missus blessing our presence tonight? I don't think so. She's getting some work done. Oh, well, that's probably a good thing. All right. Our Isle of Man, Isle of Man fan and fan favorite, Mr. Sean Birch. How are you doing? I'm doing great. How is everyone else? Doing good. What are we at now? Three weeks to the TT, right? Three weeks to the Three TT. I mean, it's weeks. it's blowing up. Everybody that's going over, I just keep getting all the Facebook posts and all the all the texts and the emails. Everybody's excited. Nice. If you have any good groups, you've got to share those with me so I can follow along. 
I'll do it. I'll do it. For sure. Uh, Brother Hogan is tied up a little bit, so he may he may join us a little bit when he gets back. Um, if not, maybe on the, the downshift. But let's go ahead and fire off our topics. It's a Texas road trip, Austin style. And I know, Johnny John, you put on some miles, did you not? Get yep. down there? Yeah, but before we begin that, yeah, we got back up for something. Oh, before that, okay. Be- before that, we got something else we got to talk about. In one yeah. week, let's see, this is Thursday, we've already would have released the first letters for the 2019 MPC. That's right, we're starting May 9th. So drawn is on May eighth. Hopefully you'll have this out before then. Hint hint. Nudge I'll nudge. Be out by the wink, wink. Um have it out before then so everybody can hear about it and last bit so they can follow along. Uh is, is Team Law Pipes all ready to go there, Mr. Warfield? I think so. I'm ready to go. I gotta have a little maybe have a little team meeting this weekend and get everyone together and yeah. make sure we've we've got a plan. Don't talk about your plans because you got the competitor on the line. Well, I don't have a plan, so I won't be talking about it. <laughs> All right. That makes it easy. <laughs> All right. So so there we go. All right. Trip to Austin. What do you want to know about my trip to Austin, my friend? Yeah. Well, what was your mileage take again? Uh, the whole the trip. trip was 33, I think. 3,300? I think that's what it was. Give me a second. Let me go see if I got the Google photo, but. Continue on. Yeah. While I'm looking, you can ask questions now. Well, and I know, Chad, you just rode down from Dallas. What was that for you guys, round trip? Round trip, I think we had 860. Oh, still that far, huh? Well, we took the back road. Uh-huh. <laughs> uh, the route there and back was, uh, if you take 35 and go south, it ends up taking like three and a half hours. We took the back roads. It was like a five and a half hour trip. Yeah, now let me remind you about Texas back roads. Texas back roads is almost interstates in the East Coast because you can do 70, 75, right. 80. In a Probably better than go highways. any faster than 85. Do what? Maybe. <laughs> so we didn't go any faster than 85, maybe. Right. All right, so my total was 33.23. What's my total? That's right, because I told you you missed out. You needed 10 more miles. Yeah, 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 yeah. So, yeah, so that's what I did. So uh, I uh, left out here early Wednesday morning to miss a rainstorm because a rainstorm came through on Tuesday, and Mm -hmm. I didn't want to deal with the rain, so I left out Wednesday morning early. And as we talked about in the last show, I completed the uh, Bunburner 1500. So I went from here. Down through Charlotte, around Charlotte to back to uh, 95, down around Jacksonville, across I-10, all the way to Austin. Nice. And it turned out to be 1594 is what it turned out to be. For your bun runner? Yeah. And what was interesting was my spot tracker had me at 1531 with the tracker, so I'm not sure why I'm off 60 miles. I hmm. I don't know that one. And uh, since I was doing it, as I said last show, I actually completed another saddle sore by going from here to Swidell, Louisiana, in 17 hours. 
<laughs> so, and, now, and did you clarify? Can you stack those? Like, yeah, you do the bun burner. Do you also get the saddle sore at the same time? If you document it correctly, yes. Okay, I am not probably going to document the bun burner uh, because I didn't have a witness sign off at the end of that one. So, even though I did complete it, I'm not sure. Um, but I am now um, in another. I, I emailed um, the Iron Bar Association. I asked them, "What is there any initiative for me to do it?" And the only reason I would do it is called a uh, uh, the Mile Eater. Um, so gotcha. or Mileage Eater. So I'm actually in the Mile Mileage Eater ranking now since I've did them. So if you get like five, you get the bronze status. So I have to complete five. Five challenges and two have to be gold or or um, uh, what's the other level? Um, is it extreme? So the way only way I can get gold is I have to do a fifteen hundred in less than twenty four hours, and I got to do two uh, of those. So those are a little. That's a little harder. I might have been able to do it, but now I'm trying to remember. Sean, do you have any um, iron butts to your name? No, I, I never registered for uh, for any of them, I, and I've I've really never even done one. I have done uh, I've done about eight hundred miles in a day. I mean, it was a day that I could have done. I could have mm-hmm. easily done a thousand miles, but we only that's we, we were we got where we were going. So it was uh, I think seven ninety three in a, in a day, and that's nothing on a goal wing. So you know. Oh, that was on a wing. Okay. Oh yeah. Yeah, and Mr. Uh, Chad doesn't have one any, do you, Chad? No, I don't have one yet. Uh, it's on the list for this year. I, I will tell you, you're, I mean, living in Texas, if you and this is where you can go in multiple ways, living out west is going to be a lot easier for you if you, get a, if you can plan a route not to hit the major cities because your speed limit's so much better. Uh, oh, yeah. And, we've, and we've, got, um, we've got one of the kids, uh, one of our kids, he's stationed out at... Uh, He's out in Lubbock. No, not Lubbock. El Paso. Okay. Uh, the kid's stationed out at El Paso, and it's nothing to throw a leg over the bike and go ride down there. Right. So that, and then you, the other thing is, is uh, there's actually one if you stay within the states. Mm-hmm. Um, that's another challenge. So, like, I know Georgia, Florida... Texas, I'm not sure. I think California, I'm not sure what the other states are. As long as you don't cross out of the state lines, that's another kind of challenge. All right. So there. Well, let's get on to your your Austin trip then a little bit more. Mm-hmm. So once you arrive, what was your what was your accommodations for the trip on this one? So um, Chad booked a Airbnb house because we thought we were going to have a lot more people. And Chad, what can we sleep? Twelve people in the house. Fifteen. Fifteen. So, Yikes. <laughs> uh, but that's not all privately, right? They were. Oh no, there would be you know, people pretty much shacked up on couches, countertop. You know. <laughs> so I guess how many bedroom house was it? Uh, three bedroom. Yes. Gotcha. So so I uh, know upstairs you had the master. There was second room that I stayed in, and then there's another. The third bedroom had two full-size bed in that one. Downstairs, in kind of like the 
I'd call it dining room. Chad, would you call that room? Yeah, I'd call it. A, it was probably set up to be a formal dining room at one time or had, an entertainment room. Yeah, it had another bed, full-size bed out in the open. Um, and then there's multiple couches downstairs, one upstairs. And I think they had an air mattress, too. Yeah. So, so it was... Uh, it was very interesting showing up this house because like the yard wasn't cut. There's a tree there, <laughs> you know, it's just like, I mean, it was a nice part of Austin. It was right down the street from a convenience store that, um, I met Chad at and the, um, the owners and people were there were really nice, you know, talked to them. Um, they came out and looked at the bike. Was this a rental of, was this a rental that, you shared with the owners or they were not there? Oh, they were not there. They were not there. Okay. Uh, we can, we can actually get into that here in a second. Go ahead, John. No, no, you can, you can get into that section. Be my guess. You sure? Yeah. Go right ahead. Okay. So here's what happened with the Airbnb house that we were supposed to have. Um, the house we were supposed to have was supposed to have a empty garage for everybody to put their motorcycles in. Uh, The garage was not empty. Great. It was full of cardboard boxes and a, what kind of car was that, John? Was it an Audi A4? Hmm. Mm -hmm. We would like to point out that all of us that were there on motorcycles, that was also the day we got there, we're told, hey, the next day or two, there's a possibility of some very severe storms. So, might want to make sure you have somewhere to park your motorcycles. Right. I would like to point out that the place we had paid for was supposed to have an empty garage. And again, like John said, the yard wasn't cut. The back porch was supposed to be able to allow us to hang out if we wanted to hang out on the back patio. And that hadn't been cleaned up. I mean, it was, here's what it was. It was a place to sleep. Mm-hmm. Basically, right? Yeah, I would say it had a refrigerator, but John and I know how that worked. <laughs> yeah, I was, I was going to ask you, Chad, how's the refrigerator in that place? <laughs> um, what refrigerator? You mean the one that quit working? Yeah, that one. Oh, yeah. The, the oh, freezer that went out on, what night was that, John? Friday night the freezer went out? Yeah, Friday night because Jen was looking for some ice to ice her ankle because uh-huh. it was hurting. And she goes to get some, and then they had like they taken a individual ice cream cup and put it inside the ice with the ice, and she goes to pour it out, and it came out with all the ice cream, and we jammed it up, and everything was it was thawing out. I mean, this refrigerator was high, so high, tuck you hit hit a button. I didn't know we we don't know what it was doing. We hit something, it wouldn't work right, and I mean. The house had a lot of, like, he had um, Nest thermostats, he had a Google Home, and and all this other stuff, and the lock was, like, this programmable lock, he had a camera on the front door, we get there, we use a code, it didn't unlock, Uh, Chad had many issues trying to get the place unlocked, and then he finally says, he saw the camera that we had problems, and he goes, oh yeah, there's a key underneath the mat. (laughs) <laughs> good old key works every time yeah so that was interesting just yeah we just quit using the electronic lock and just 
stuck to using the key. Well, you figured out how to use electronic lock after two days. Well, yeah. So I guess guess you guys got some money back then. Not as much as you would think. Yeah. I've only used Airbnb once and a, a similar experience. It was just a little too weird for me and I haven't used it since. Yeah, that's that's pretty much where we are looking at for next year is that we're not doing Airbnb again. Yeah. The, the red I mean, you, the red roof the red roof inn in South Austin, I can highly recommend. Very <laughs> reasonable, comfortable, hey, close to everything. And and that's what we might do because I mean, we thought a lot more people were going to join us. That's why we went for the house. And then as time went along, we got less and less and yeah, we did okay. And, but then the next, you know, it's one of those planning things. So, uh, yeah. next time we'll just say, Hey, we're going to plan to stay at this hotel. Yeah. Whoever comes, comes, we'll be at this hotel. And, yeah. you know, Sean flew in on Saturday, met up with him Saturday night. And that dinner at TGI Friday was not very well. <laughs> yeah. I could have told you that before you went. The the beer was the cold. six ounce steak that was the size of a chicken nugget. <laughs> yeah, that was pretty pathetic. I yeah. The comment that the waiter got back, he didn't much care for that. <laughs> yeah. I don't know. He didn't care for it. And what really frustrated us is that you called over there, they said no wait, but we get over there, it's like ten, fifteen minute wait. We were waiting longer than 10, 15 minutes. And it was like there's nobody there. So I don't know what the deal was. Hmm. Um, well, so far that that part of the trip's not sounding so good. Maybe we should quick talk about racing. <laughs> well, I did find a water, a water burgers. Yeah, we had water burger. And then we got entertainment the one morning. Oh, God. It was breakfast with a show. Oh, dear. God. Do tell. So, what were we leaving out Saturday morning? No, f- yeah, Monday morning. Saturday. Monday morning. We're leaving out Monday morning. Went to downtown. No, no, no. Not Monday morning. Saturday morning when the two women that were in the parking lot started to get into it. Oh, you're talking about that one? <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I'm talking about the possible fight that about went out in the parking lot of Whataburger. It's like, wow, welcome to Texas. Yeah. And, 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 swear, and John, it's not really this bad around here. This is just Austin. And the interesting thing was, what was it? You arrived, was it Friday morning we went and you had, yeah, the bike problems? Yeah. So Chad gets on his bike to pull up Friday and the bike, his bike starts up and runs. And then we go to like the stop sign and it cuts off. So the whole time, if he would, wait, below what, 1500 RPMs, Chad? And about 1,200, 1,500 RPMs, the engine would die. Would die? Yeah. So we're like, oh, great. What's going on here? You know, and uh, that was that was interesting, Chad. And uh, you got in your, your victory form, and they said, oh, hey, it's your battery. Check your battery connections. Check battery connections. Check this connector. Check this connector. Hey, do this. While you're at it, why don't you stand on your head, spin around four times. And do this also. And I was like, oh, that's fantastic. And then I just put fresh gas in it and the problem went away. <laughs> and then it was good. <laughs> so I'm thinking either you got some water in the gas or bad gas. I probably ended up with water in the gas considering that they had to spend the night out in the uh, 
out, out in the rain. Out in the rain, yeah. So that was an interesting ride that morning until we got that figured out. Mm-hmm. And getting to the track to Austin, I mean, it was kind of nice, but it was also busy. And then uh, I, I know y'all use Apple Maps, but Apple Maps that morning was really screwing you up, man. Oh, yeah, it was. I don't know what its problem was. I'm again, there's a reason why I don't mess with technology. It's because uh, it doesn't agree with me. So, yeah. Yeah, maps are not my thing. Did um now Sean, did you have a bike down there or you were just I don't uh, know, nope. or what? I, I had a uh had a Chevy Colorado from uh <laughs> Dollar Rent a Car. So not a motorcycle. <laughs> not yeah. a motorcycle. So so if you want to get into the racing thing, so we we'll, we'll kind of go in there. So we arrive to the track Friday and Chad paid for shipping the tickets. They never got shipped. So we had to go to Will Call. So you pull up to this first place, this first gate at Gay. Where's Will Call? You see those flags up there? Yes, it's up there. Hmm. Drive up there. We go to the parking lot. You can't park here. But you go, go park call. over there. You got to park down there. So then we go down to another section and like, where? This isn't Will Call. No, it's back there. So Good then, God. so then we went back to the parking lot to this other guy, and Chad, uh, I mean, he had enough, and he went off on the guy, the poor guy. The poor guy got Chad just laid into him. <laughs> he got the frustration, <laughs> and we're on comms, and Chad just like, and the guy says, "Park over there, across the street." Fine, so we park. Chad went, and got the tickets, get back, and then we had these special yellow special parking passes. Mm-hmm. Well, where do you park for these? So he asked the, the tenant that, that he last one. The guy goes, I don't know. And so then we went, where did we end up parking? A? We went to, no, first we went around to, went to B, and they said, no, you can't park here. You have to go down to D. We rode down to D, and they went, no, you don't park here. This is for A. And then when we left, we came back. And they said, um, we came back in the afternoon, and they're like, you don't park here. Yeah. But we're going to let you park here because. Yeah, nobody's around today. But this is like, so part of your ticket then was some kind of special parking place? or Yep. Yep. So Was it supposed to be closer, or what was the advantage of the extra park? So we didn't find out until Saturday. Um, what they offer is in H, they f- offer free parking for motorcycles. Well, these passes weren't, we didn't know where to go. So somebody told us it was for A. So we went into A Friday afternoon. We went into guest services and they're like, well, isn't it all parking free for motorcycles? Why do you need the, you know, they had no idea. The lady at guest service had no idea. <laughs> and doesn't it say on the ticket? Like, nope. Or just, no. Nope. Nope. Nothing. Yeah. I- I didn't have that problem. I paid for my uh, parking pay. I was parking in uh, F, and there were clear signs that pointed you to F. You pulled in and parked. So I don't know what these guys' problems were. I didn't have that same problem. Well, here's the funny thing. So since Saturday was rain, we didn't go back to the track until the parade lap because we paid for a parade lap. Mm. We went back, and we get into D because that's where the parade lap was supposed to be meeting. 
we pull in, and the lady goes, you got your pass? Because they had a scanner, and they <laughs> like, scanned oh, no. it right we there. <laughs> so we're like, oh, so this is where the special parking is. So technically it was in D. We found out Saturday night, or Friday, Saturday afternoon. Yeah, the H, you're talking about the free motorcycle parking. Yep. Uh, Geico uh, sponsors Huh? The free the free motorcycle parking in the H lot right there, and you're right. So if you show up on a bike, it's it's free to park. Like I think when uh, when we bought our tickets, because we were knew we were coming in a rental car, it's like twenty extra dollars for the um, reserve parking. So right. we we paid for that. So right. So we knew that was free parking for H, but in the in our tickets was some special parking. Yeah, that we, we gave. So that, was, that was D. Actually, yeah, that was D. But nobody knew. <laughs> Nobody said anything anywhere you know where it was. So now it's D. So we figured that out Saturday afternoon. You know, if you were on a Ducati, you could have got the special Ducati Island Pass and parked inside, like really right next to the track when you get the mm. Ducati Island Pass. Well, it's got to be on a Ducati. Well, that's great. Sorry, if- I don't need to compensate for my manhood. <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's the Italian, it's the Italian sex machine, man. Well, that's that's great if you want to if you're on the main front stretch. Yeah, right. Yeah, if you're on the front, like what where, where we sat on the front stretch. Yes. Yeah. So what was really cool about the D parking is since we had turn 15 seat, we parked in D, and there's the gate for 15 for turn nice. 15 right there. So I mean, it was. So that's my little yeah. It was ideal for y'all. It really was where you where you were sitting at, and yeah. and you know there's a lot more stuff on that side of the track as well. I mean, mm-hmm. that's where all the vendors are. That's where all the yep. the manufacturers' uh, tents are. So it really is. That's that's a that's a good place. Yeah. So how many days did you go to the racing? All do you go all three? We went. Um, yeah, we were there all three days. Well, Saturday we really didn't. So I'll I'll say Saturday we weren't. We only went for the parade lap, which was. Which was pretty cool to do. Part of, hang on a sec. Yes, sir. Part of that Saturday, the track was completely closed down. Yeah. They weren't letting anyone in the gate until after, what was it, one, two o'clock in the afternoon? No, I think they they opened it up at 1030. 10.30. 10.30. Track open. Was it 10.30? Yeah, but they just had rain still on and off all day. And it was windy. Hmm. Very windy. It was a it was a pretty rough. I mean, it was a rough storm. We we, we arrived at uh, we flew in at nine. Uh, we flew in at nine and uh, picked up a rental car and drove to a uh, a place. There was a place called the Full English that serves the Full English breakfast. And so we, I mean, we no sooner parked at that place, and it was about nine thirty. We parked there. We got inside, and I mean, the bottom dropped out. I mean, it was raining sideways. It was like hurricane type. I mean, like you could see like the awning of the the gas station across the road like shaking, and yeah. it was it was terrible. And I was texting these guys back and forth. They're like, "Yeah, we're at the house. We're not going out. The track's closed." And uh, then we, we were getting updates through the Coda app. And uh, then about the time we finished breakfast, it said that yeah, they're going to close the track till ten thirty. And then it said yeah. Track is open at ten thirty, and uh, and we we still didn't get there till we we went there about noon. We got there about noon, one o'clock, something like that. Yeah, and and I will say that much. Dakota app was was pretty awesome, keeping up to date of what's happening. I, I think, don't you agree, Chad? That was pretty. Oh yeah, it was fantastic. Their 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 parking lot could you know parking lot attendants and guest services might need a little training, but their app 
fantastic. Yeah, and then the I guess you know, kind of the caveat. The best thing I started them seeing was the parade lap, which I'll give the girl credit; she did a great job trying to get that all set up. But when you start the line and you start from, you know, from the farthest with all the motorcycles to the gate with everybody else, you know, everybody's in a hurry because they're afraid that they need, they're going to miss out, right? That why not start from the closest to the, to the exit instead of the farthest from the exit? I'll say that's one thing that they screwed up. But, you know, you saw people, they were doing rows by rows and you had these people that had to jump so they could get up there because they're afraid they're going to miss out. Hmm. And, you know, we, uh, it was pretty cool. It was an escorted. I know, Rich, since you've been on the track, it's nothing that you would, you know, it's not your cup of tea. You know, it's too slow for your pace now. But No, I mean, parade laps are fun. It's a, it's a cool way to, to at least be out on the track. It's just, yeah, 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 yeah my comment was that- more for Barber. Right, y'all did a barber, right? Y'all did parade laps at barber, right? No, right. We've done a parade laps at barber, and I'll never do one there again. <laughs> never again. Yeah. Well, I'll say this: if you ever make it to the Nurburgring, if you pay your thirty euros, they let you go just as fast as you want, brother. Okay. Go get it. I mean, I thought between barber and and Circa America, I thought they did an awesome job at Circa America. I didn't see anybody trying to pass. I mean, Chad, I, I know I was in back. I was the last one that got in, and I had a guy, you know, one of the guys behind me. And, you know, we were doing down the front stretch 80 miles an hour. And, I mean, they weren't, they they said, I'll keep it at 40, but we weren't, you know, nobody was passing. Everybody was keeping it in check, I felt. You know, and we got two laps. So, it was, it was cool. cool. It was really cool to see, so. And I had to laugh at Jen. Her we had on comms, and and uh, when she got on track, man, she just like got all giggly, didn't she, Chad? Oh yes, she did. <laughs> I mean, she was so excited, and it was hard for her because the wind was blowing her around. So she was taking it really easy in turns because of the wind, and yeah. that was the thing. And what was funny and uh, talking about? So we, Chad, you said this when we started suiting up. You said, I wonder how many people have sent a 30Ks because you can do mesh mode. Hmm. And when you do mesh <laughs> mode, the default was public. So all of a sudden you turn on public and you're like, hey, who's this? I don't know. Who's this? Who's this? Who's this? So hey, was, how many my... people are on here? Yeah. So then we cha- I changed us, our, us three to uh, Bluetooth. So then we would get off the mesh mode. So how was the racing then? What did you think of that, John? And we probably should have you know, Mr. Birch, our resident, GP expert, break it down, but what what did you think of it, John? It was really awesome to see them race. Um, I think, and and Mr. Birch, you can help me out, I think the Moto 2s and the Moto 3 was a lot better racing in closeness and competition um, than than Moto GP. Um, Because Marquez just got out there and he just... Up until his uh, mechanical failure, well, his wreck, or I'll call it mechanical failure. Uh, that's that my was guess. not a wreck. That was a mechanical failure. Yeah, because yeah, he was coming in uh, turn 12. So what was cool about our seats was 15, and and Chad talked to the person at uh, Circa America and said, 15 to seats, 
um, for the thing because I mean we got to see coming out the back out eleven down the back stretch in the twelve thirteen fourteen fifteen and you could see out sixteen. Um, he was coming down into twelve and all of a sudden he just wrecked. He just four and a half second lead and he just wrecked. And then they tried to get him going and push start him and then I think they tried tried twice and it just didn't start. So you know. So yeah, you you know what you're saying. You know, Moto two and Moto three, just by the nature of those uh, of the rules of those races, they are closer because it's basically those machines are almost identical. I mean, I mean, it's like especially. Uh, I'm I'm not exactly sure about the the Moto three uh, specifications, but I know that Moto two uses the exact same mode. Like this year. They've been using the Honda motors for the last few years, and this year they switched to the Triumph Triple, which mm-hmm. sound awesome. It's great to hear those bikes going around the track. Yeah. So, so basically, you know, your bike is your bike. You can build anything you want, but you have to use that power plant. You're right. using you're using that Triumph uh, that that Triumph uh, power plant. So it becomes uh it becomes a a racer's race it becomes a rider's race it becomes to who it becomes who can ride that bike better it's a skill test i mean it's like everybody gets on the same bike you know almost and and it's a skill test so it is closer together it's hard to separate uh separate those guys by a lot so I mean, you're, you're going to find those guys. I mean, like Tom Looney that just, I mean, just blew it away in the in Moto Two. You're going to find those guys that just really, really can ride that bike. Uh, Moto uh, GP is a true manufacturer's race. I mean, it is build a better bike. You know, build uh, more power, yeah. more traction. It's um, an arms race, right? It's, it's, an arm, pro- it's an arms prototype. It's an arms race. That's your prototype. That spend twenty million dollars on a motorcycle. Yeah, and, you know, I mean, it's, it's a, a developing a bike, and and you know, it's it's more traction, more more power, more aerodynamics, uh, and then you, you you got that. But I mean, it only take you so far. You still got to have a rider. I mean, you still got to have. You know, you got to have the best rider as, as well. And I mean, that's why, I mean, I'm a, I'm a Marquez fan because I'm a Honda fan. I mean, I've always been a Honda guy. So uh, that, I mean, I, the Repsol Honda is the factory Honda team. So I'm always, I'm always with those guys. So, but, but at the same time, Marquez is far and away the best rider out there. I mean, Valentino Rossi is the only person that's close. And the only reason he's that close is because he's got like 25 years experience doing it. So, I mean, no one's ever had as much experience as that guy. And, uh, and you know, but it's, it's always like, like John said, you know, until the, until the problem that happened, Marquez had checked out and it's been that way for seven years. I mean, Marquez, that's his track. He gets out there. Yeah. It's a Honda track. It's a Marquez track. He gets out there and he checks out. Uh, but there's other tracks where where other I mean there, there's other tracks that are Ducati tracks like like Qatar I could have told you how the first race of the season was going to come out this year with uh, with Davizioso winning that race because that's a Ducati track that is a raw horsepower straightaway track yeah. and and that's where Ducati uh, you know that's where that's where they excel where where Honda is more of a they've got the power that's almost a Ducati but they've got the handling as well and the traction. Uh, and you know, really those are your two big, you know, those are your two big guys on the block now. I mean, Ducati and Honda 
fight it out. And then Suzuki and Yamaha, you know, they, they try to pick up the pieces when those guys wreck out or when those guys have a bad track. Uh, but then you've got like guys like KTM and Aprilia who are, you know, just really in the developmental phase trying to break into it, you know, and, and hopefully one day they, they will to make it more competitive. But right now it, it is, there's certain tracks where certain manufacturers are going to excel and, and Texas is a Honda track. It's, it's, it's a Honda track. So. Yeah. I think that's kind of my, it, I don't want to say it's my problem with MotoGP. It's just kind of a shame. Like you have the best riders in the world, but, but the machines are not, are not matched that they, or they don't always match up. You know, you, you can have a superior machine and just check out. Well, you know, it's, it's like, you know, I grew up racing cars and, um, NASCAR. I mean, when I, you know, I mean, I grew up in the heyday of, of NASCAR when NASCAR was huge and I mean, yeah. we, we loved it and it's a, it was a religion, especially where you guys live in that part of North Carolina. But oh, I mean, yeah. even where, where I'm at, I mean, it, it, it's a, it's a religion and it's just, it was the biggest thing and you loved it. But it was also that was a manufacturer. I mean, it was a driver. Drivers were imported, but that's a manufacturer's race. And you had the same thing. You had some tracks that the the long stroke Fords did better. Some tracks that the short stroke Chevys did better. Uh, so that that's kind of how that went. But then you started looking at like that's what that's why IROC exists. And what you're saying is is that hey, if all the cars are equal, we want to see who the best driver is. That's what an IROC race is about. Everybody gets in yeah. an identical car. And you see who the best driver is, you know. Yeah. Uh, I mean, things like Indy. I don't, I don't watch a lot of Indy anymore. Formula One. Um, I, I try to sometimes. I really like the uh, endurance races, the the twenty four hour races. But, but like Indy and and um, Formula One. But I mean, that's kind of an arms race too. I mean, that's you know, you know, one year you've got Ferrari that's just killing it out there, or now Honda, you know, is out there and just just killing it, and and Mercedes, you know, you you get you know, certain years that they want to spend more money and they get out there and they, and they kill it. And like I say, it does. Sometimes it's, you know, it makes it where, where people that watch it are like, Oh, you know, the same teams winning over and over again. But, but that's where your governing bodies come in. I mean, that's the same way with MotoGP. You know, that's why they put, uh, you know, if you go so many years without winning a race or without placing with so many points, they give you, uh, you know, you get contingents, you know, you get like, like Suzuki, I think this year, you know, they, yeah, yeah concession, concession, I mean, concessions, you know, um, like, um, Suzuki, I think lost it this year because they were, they were struggling for so many years, but last year they had just enough guys finishing the points that they lost their concessions. So oh, they're, no. they're racing. Oh yeah. So they're racing on the same, on the same level with a, with a lot of those Ducati for, for a few years had, had concessions where they were, they were getting like more gas and more horsepower and things, you know, you know, there were different concessions they got because they were losing to the Yamahas and the Hondas, you know, but now they're at the top of the heap, but that's what a good governing body does though. They don't. They know that nobody wants sure. to see the same group going out there over and over again and just dominating. So you you find ways to 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 level the playing field. You know, I mean, it's like playing golf. I mean, if everybody went out there and you you played on your own score, hey man, you'll never go play with somebody that's that good. But when you handicap it, you know, hey, you always got a shot. So that's right. Yeah, yeah. It's it's a tough job. I, I realize that, and I. Um, I'm watching Moto America this year cause I invested in the app that, that they provide. And 
I'll say the the 600 race, the super sport race at Atlanta. I don't remember if it was one or two. Man, that was some of the best racing I've seen in a long time. Like I don't I don't know what formula they've got going on, going on over there, but um Moto America's got some good stuff, at least on the 600 series race. Yeah, and going back to MotoGP real quick was when Marquez went out, you know, uh Rossi and was it Renz? That was fun. Alex Renz, yep. Yep. Renz, I mean at the end, I mean they had, you know, those two guys had a, a battle the whole rest of the race, which is awesome to see. But I'm talking about even farther back. You'd see guys, you know, farther and farther back. It was just like, you know, where other races they're all everybody was kind of not just the leaders, but I mean everybody was kind of grouped together. Yeah. Um and I guess what, what's the viewing sorry John, what's the viewing experience like there? Are there other TVs or a scoring pylon? Like what what do you have at your fingertips to keep up on what's going on? I mean there's TV and announce and radio and um announcers talking. So okay. you, you so you hear the oh, broadcast. And, and the scoring. Yeah. Yeah, there's a scoring tower as well, but <clears throat> just about everywhere you sit at a Moto G uh, Moto GP race, you can see uh, a big screen, a big Diamond Vision TV. Okay. So that's so you can keep up with the track. So like I said, if, if you if you if you went, I guess back in the old days when you just sat and watched one piece, I'm sure road racing wasn't that popular because you could only see that one section. But now with, uh, you know, where you can, you can sit there and there's always a big screen where when they pass you, then you can see the rest of the race. I mean, I think it really brings something. I mean, it's, it's, it really is, you can experience it and you can still see everything because, you know, it's like going to a, to a football game or a baseball game. People always, you know, Oh, I can see it better on my TV at home. Well, yeah, you can, but you can't experience it. And That's with, right. Moto, yeah. with MotoGP, uh, you can experience it. And you can see the, you know, all the, the TV coverage as well. So, yeah. Well, I'll find out on Saturday. We're going to go up and watch uh, Moto America VIR, at least on Saturday. Oh, yeah. Good. So we'll see what that's like. Yeah, I'm not sure. I I don't think there's seating I hear at VIR. I'm not sure. Yeah. So. Is it I mean, just general mission? Yes, I think so. I mean, I know when the when the IMSA series goes there, I think they bring in some temporary seating, like they bring in some grandstands to set up. But right. yeah, I don't think the facility itself has any. Yeah, um, yeah, I'm going to go up as well with uh, Sid and his daughter, so we're going to go up. I don't remember what. Cool. Um, what did you think, Chad? Have you have you been to racing before? Motorcycle racing? No, not one that I was actually you know sober enough to enjoy. And uh, I thoroughly enjoyed this. Uh, I'm I'm one of these people that I have to constantly. I have ADD, like you wouldn't believe. So I'm constantly moving, and I don't sit still. I'm almost a pain in the ass to other people, and uh, I thoroughly enjoyed myself. And I, the wife enjoyed herself. We'll be going back next year. Nice. Very, very nice. So, so the, um, it was pretty cool to see all the, you know, manufacturers there in the, in the center where you get it and get to, um, see, you know, all the bikes and that some demo rides. And the other thing that I'll say on Friday was this is really interesting. 
So, you know, like at Barber, they have trams that run take you places, right? Right. Well, there's a shuttle, and we, we're, in tur- we're in the middle, and, you know, it was late in the afternoon, and we had to park, walk all the way back to A to get to the bikes, and I didn't feel like walking. And um, they had a shuttle, so have a sign, shuttle. Hmm. So the guy comes over and says, wait for the shuttle. He goes, shuttle's down there. Science here. I know, but the shuttle pickup's down here. <laughs> I know exactly what you're talking about. You had to walk down to the gas pumps, right? Yeah. Where, that's where the yeah, yeah the, the the flag was right by the crosswalk, but you had to walk all the way down to the gas pumps. Yeah, yeah, I remember. Okay. That. Where does that make sense? And I went back to the guy it, says nowhere. <laughs> I, I go back to the guy who says, um, was it still there? I know you're there on Saturday. Did it ha- was it still there on Saturday? Did they move it on Saturday? Or when you were there? No. No, no, they, yeah, it's still, it's still the same place, but I would say this, if you stood there where the flags were, they would stop and pick you up. Uh, but not what on they Friday. Yeah, they wanted you to walk down to the gas, because that's where they turned around. And it made more sense to have it down there so you didn't impede traffic on that, on that access road. Uh, uh, so I understand why they did it, but it's but why you put the flags there is beyond me. They, but it, they, I would say they would pick you up if you stood by the flags. Uh, not on Friday, they would not have. <laughs> and I told a guy they need to move. It. He goes, "Well, I can't move it." It's, I'm like, "Well, you need to move it because that's it's wrong. If you're going to say here, then you stop here, not over there." So, you know, and and I think there was a good thing that we did that because Jen's. Uh, I don't think Jen could have made it back to that that hike. Nah, she wouldn't have been able to walk that. It's it's so spread out, and I think it's that same way at a lot of road courses. It is so spread out that that the shuttles are almost. I mean, you almost have to have the shuttles. I mean, it's if not, I mean, it's just it's too far to to walk from. I mean, you'd never get anybody to go see any of the of the other uh, of the other events if they didn't. You know, you didn't have those shuttles. But it worked out good, though. I mean, it's uh. Like you said, it's a little, you know, you have to wait sometimes. And I know you had to walk where the flag was in the wrong spot. But, you know, for the most part, I mean, they they had everything. I mean, I love the Coda track, you know. I mean, Circle of the Americas, I mean, I think they do a – it's a great facility. Uh, like you said, I know you fellas had some trouble. And I think the problem with that is with an event that big, you know, you you got to get a lot of volunteers in there. And you got a lot of guys that are just temporary, you know, that – that they're not that's not their everyday job so you know you try to train them or you try to tell them what they know but you know it's it's i mean i, I ran an event like that i mean we, i used to um i was on the organizing committee for the drag boat races in augusta for a lot of years for 20 years i did that and and anytime you try to organize a thousand volunteers to do anything i mean it's you know you're gonna you're gonna get some you know some folks that, that they're not really their heart isn't in it so uh the customer <laughs> service isn't the customer service isn't there like you would hope Right. Yeah, and, and I understand. They've got that. some basic training, and they have right. you know a rough idea right. of what's going on, but right, they don't know the full ins and outs of everything. Well, sure. they should know if they're if you're walking working in the parking, you should know where parking is. I, I you agree. Should know everything I, about I, parking. I think you, I think you're right on that, John. I think they were just you know they they should have had that a little bit better handled. But or they should have said, "Well, hey, let me call somebody and find out for you." Yeah. But you know, you're talking about you know, we were talking about the racing. The racing was great. I mean, it was yeah. Uh, the 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 the, the warm ups. I mean, the uh, the qualifying on Saturday and and the races on Sunday. Uh, they had you know Moto Three, Moto Two, Moto GP, and then they had a, a Moto America race. Mm-hmm. Uh, it, it was 
the racing was great, but, but like John mentioned about all the other things that were going on in the infield, to me, that's, that's just a much, uh, as much of a reason to go to the event, yeah. uh, as the racing is because I mean, you got, you got all your motorcycle manufacturers there displaying their bikes, uh, given test rides, you got your gear manufacturers. I mean, you know, you had cycle gear there that was, uh, they had a store set up. You had, uh, you know, Dinesi. a lot of your, uh, yeah, Denazi was there. Um, all your helmet manufacturers are there, uh, mm. displaying their stuff. I mean, it was, you know, if you wanted a, a helmet or a pair of boots or, uh, or clothing, you could go there and try it on and, and look at it and see the latest. And every one of them had factory reps there. I mean, it's like a trade, basically it's a trade show. Uh, Where was the helmet you know, people? Oh, you didn't see the helmet. I mean, there were two or three, uh, I, well, a couple of them were in like cycle max cycle max had, uh, I think HJC was in there doing helmet fittings okay. and somewhere, uh, Arai was there. I can't remember. It wasn't in cycle max, but there was, uh, but I saw the guys, uh, you know, doing helmet fittings and, and showing the, uh, the pro mm. model, uh, and air tech was there. See, uh, you should have come rich. You could have got that, uh, custom made onesie, uh, air tech, uh, racing yeah, suit. That's what know. I need. <laughs> yeah. You know, with the, with the whole inflation and, and everything, but was that but in that, that, the, um, or there were the gold wing or Honda all in the middle there. Yeah, that was in the middle. That was, uh, um, okay. I want to say that the air tech guys were on the end of not the Honda display, but the BMW. I want to say they were with the BMW display okay. right there. Like either, maybe, maybe it was the adjacent tent. But for yeah. some reason, I was thinking it was right there where, I mean, because BMW was there and Indian and Moto Guzzi and Honda, Yamaha, Suzuki, KTM. Uh, I mean, I, I, on Sunday, I finally got to do the test ride on the, on the new Goldwing. Uh, and that was, I mean, that was, that was a great, I, that's what I've been, I've been wanting to do it since last year. And How it was, was it? really, it was great. I mean, the, the ride experience itself was great. I mean, you, cause you, you think in an event like this, oh, they'll just do you a little ride around the parking lot or something. No, we went out for 45 minutes. We went all the way almost back into Austin on the, on the main roads, on the main, uh, you know, we went on the back roads and went on the big divided highways, which like you said, in Texas is almost like an interstate. Uh, and then, you know, so you got to experience different track different types of uh, traffic and you know mm -hmm. it, it it was it was really great the, the the ride instructors were uh you know they really let you you know you, they they got in front of you enough so you could you could you know see how the bike would go I and mean, they wouldn't let you go crazy with it but you know they let you get up to a highway speed i mean you know, we were doing 70 80 you know like an interstate speed uh, and then we went through some of the little twisty roads right there and and we went through lots of turns left and right so you know just so you can get a look feel feel of everything but the Goldwing itself, I'm gonna tell you, it, it was. <laughs> I, I really was scared to ride it because it makes me want to spend thirty thousand dollars on a new bike. I mean, it, it was. I told the guy, the, the instructor that I was there with, the, the ride leader, I said, "Shut up and take my money." I mean, it's just, it's. <laughs> I, I mean, it is. It's awesome. If you, I mean, it. The the dang thing handles and picks up like my ST thirteen hundred, like my sport touring bike. Yeah. But it's comfortable like my Goldwing. I mean, like my, my 1500. So, I mean, it was the best of both worlds. I mean, you put that thing in sport mode, and I mean, it's it's a beast. 
And then it, it had the tour mode for more comfort. It had the eco mode for if you want to, you know, do a little gas saving on the highway. Uh, then it had a rain mode, which I, you know, of course it wasn't raining when I wrote it, but I put it in rain mode. And, and the best I can tell, it kind of softens all the controls. What I mean is like, like when you, yep. when you yep. hit the throttle, it kind of eases you into it. So it's nothing's like a violent jerk. And then when it, when it changes gears up or down, it kind of, eases into it and doesn't give you that that hard shift so you know you wouldn't break traction if it, if it were raining uh but mm-hmm. I, I mean i'll tell you if 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 you have the means i i i, I would definitely recommend uh, the new the new gold wing I, I mean i'm thinking now that you know when i get my car paid off in a couple of years i may i may go may go check out the Honda dealer, see what kind of deal i can make on one because i was i was thoroughly impressed and it, it takes a lot to impress me with a, a bike where I would even consider spending that much money on the bike. I mean, but it was, I was thoroughly impressed with the gold wing. Hmm. Have to check that out. It's a lot, a lot of bike for me though. <laughs> I mean, it is, it's not, but, but for me, I mean, I've been riding the big gold wings for you, the 1500 for years. Uh, and you know, the, the 18, when they, when they moved up to the 1800, they really didn't, they they went up in displacement, but it went all aluminum, all aluminum chassis, and it, and so it was kind of the same size, but but maybe a little lighter, but still basically the same size for a bunch of years, uh, from two thousand and one until what two thousand and eighteen. But now the new eighteen hundred, they they've shaved a couple of hundred pounds off of it, and they've made the bags just slightly smaller and made it more of a sporty feel. And oh, I mean, they they did everything right with it. I mean, really, it's 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 not your granddad's Goldwing anymore. I mean, it's a it's a yeah. serious it's a serious almost sport touring bike. I mean, it literally is. Well, it's a full I mean, overhaul. They even lightened it up, didn't they? Oh, oh yeah, they lightened about two hundred pounds. Yeah, they I think they shaved two hundred pounds off of it. And and some of your pure some of your purest Goldwing guys that like bigger is better. I mean, they were like, Oh no, we wanted a 2000 CC and we wanted bigger, but <laughs> at, at a certain point you can't go bigger. I mean, like you said, it's going to be a car any day now, you know, if you went bigger, but, but they did everything right. I think they moved in the right direction. I think that they, it still got plenty of storage, still got mm. lots of comfort. Uh, I think the DCT was a really smart move, and I tested the DCT, uh, by the way. Um, the DCT was a great move because the, the average age of a Goldwing, I mean, I'm, I'm 45, and I'm one of the youngest guys you'll ever see on a Goldwing. You know, I mean, it's always that that older, you know, like I say, I mean, it's always that guys that are, you know, yeah. the, the, the 50 and older riders. <laughs> so, I mean, I'll tell you, I mean, even me at 45, I mean, sitting in traffic and, and clutching all day, yeah, it's it's you know it gets old when you got that DCT man. It's it takes well, it's a little a, getting used to, but oh, it's so nice. It's appropriate for, for the class, you know, for I the kind so. of riding that you're doing. It's it's spot on. That's right. You're not you know you know you're not wanting to be a gixer where you're out banging through the gears and you know riding the clutch and you know trail braking. I mean, it's I, I want it to do everything for me. I want it to shift for me, but you know. If you want to shift, put it in manual mode and, you know, paddle shift it. But uh, it was, I was thoroughly impressed with that. All right. So, so Chad. Yeah. You need to talk about your trip to the store for the uh, Friday night. 
Oh, you mean the, uh, the wonderful ex- storage capacity of the Victory Cross Country? Yeah, you need you need to enlighten everybody. You know, talk about the storage. How much did you get in that Victory? Uh, let's see. In the tour pack or the trunk, I got a twelve pack of Shiner in the bottle, a half gallon of milk, or was it a gallon? It was a gallon. <laughs> it was a gallon of milk. <laughs> A half gallon of orange juice, mm-hmm. two packages of cookies, and a full bag of chips. Mm-hmm. In the left saddle bag, I had two more bags of chips, a thing of peanuts, a can of Pringles. Uh, what else was in there? Oh, some creamer. And then on the other one, on the other side of the saddle bag, I had some more stuff packed in there. Sounds like somebody I would like the coffee. Pull- I would like to point out, this was all still in the bags. I didn't take everything out and individually stack them in there. No, I just pulled the bags out when I got back to the house. When I come out of the store and started loading stuff onto the bike, this guy looked at me and goes, you're not fitting all that in there. And I looked at him, I went, you want a bag? Yeah, I am. And he stood there and watched me for about three minutes while I was loading stuff in there. And then he kind of went, yeah, never mind. And he just got in his vehicle and drove away. <laughs> now, since we're talking about that one, and we talked about the Airbnb and how the guy had technology. So we're sitting there and there's a speaker. Yeah, but they had that junk from Google. So sat there and said, Well, that's a Lexus. No, it's, it's, I, I think we said it was a Google. So all of a sudden we said, Okay, Google. Oh, my phone's going to go oh. off. My phone's going off. Which, by the way, that's something we're going to start periodically doing in the middle of your podcast is just we're going to stop, get real quiet and go, okay, Google, so that anybody who's listening that has one of those, their machine just kicked on for them. So as right. we're sitting there and we're just kind of relaxing, what was that, Friday night? Or was that Saturday? Saturday night. That was Saturday night. Yeah. We're sitting there, and we're goofing off with this thing, and we hear this very deep male voice go, I'm listening. <laughs> You're like, what? Everybody just kind of looks at one another, and it sounded like it was coming from upstairs. So the first thing I do is make a run for my 9mm, and as you know, we were talking about earlier, I had to go sleep the house. <laughs> and Jen and, and I are over here a, laughing. A little cylinder. I mean, Jen and I are over here laughing. We're, I mean, it was just hilarious watching Chad sweep the house. What, you almost fell off your banister, too? Yeah, I leaned back too far to be able to get a good sight picture <laughs> going up the stairs. So we, we got the house all, you know, that's one of the shenanigans that happened was Chad sweeping the house, you know. After we've already been there for, you know, about day, two days. <laughs> and then, uh, so yeah, it was real interesting. So then we played with that Google thing. For oh, yeah. And then we set an alarm. So whoever stayed in that Airbnb, if you got an alarm at three o'clock in the morning. No, it was two o'clock. Was it two? Oh, two o'clock in the morning. We would like to apologize. We're not going to apologize too much, but, you know. Well, sorry about we that. We might know how that happened. <laughs> But because we feel like the guy lived there. I mean, I think he came back. So, 
I mean, all his stuff was there and everything. So, um, I think that's about it for MotoGP Crazy. Austin. Um, you know, we got up Saturday, headed out, met another real interesting character at the Waterburgers in downtown Austin. Yeah, that was Monday morning. That was Monday morning. That that dude was. Oh, and then to ride back. Oh, that was interesting. So we we left out of Heiko, and as we're in Heiko, we see police escort a vehicle go by with a big truck trailer, this big tube of, I, I don't know what it was, but anyway, so it goes through. We're like, okay. So we get going down the road. Oh, yeah, at Heiko. We get Monday morning. Forgot about this one, Chad. We get Monday morning. Jen goes to try to start her bike. It doesn't start. Oh, yeah, that's right. I forgot about that. So then Chad rolls it down, gets it started. We take off. Get gas going down the road. Get to Heiko. And uh, get to Heiko, and uh, she goes to start the bike and won't start. Oh, great. So Chad says, well, find a find a place that has battery. I said, you need a jump box? Yeah. So Chad starts taking the seat off, gets the seat off. I said, well, check the connectors. He goes, they're tight. I said, sure. And he checked the, the positive, and it wasn't. How many turns you do? About five? Yeah. The, Five the turns. Positive had come completely loose, and then it fired up. And uh, so that was that was interesting. And talking about that before we went on the um, parade lap, I'm sitting there getting stuff ready, and I see a, I think it was a road glide, yep, older road it was glide, a newer model Harley road glide. All of a sudden, you see a bunch of guys about. Five guys around this Harley Road ride trying, pushing it to jump start it, oh, to dear. bump start it. And I'm like, you guys need a jump box? One of the guys over there was talking on the phone. You need, you got a jump box? I'm like, yeah, I got a jump box. Hmm. So they came over, and I think you ran across them, Chad. I said, yeah, I think my buddy has one. Let me check, because you didn't know if I did or didn't. So he pulls up, pulled the jump box. First time it's been used. <laughs> Got him jump started, and I said to the guy, kind of a smart ass comment, I said, Well, I don't think us smart riders are that bad now. It's <laughs> <laughs> probably like jerk. No, no, he was a cool guy. Game cards, I mean, koozies. Okay. I mean, so, I mean, he, I mean, I thought he was laughed about it, and I was making jokes about it, you know. Um, you told him you knew you were on a snowmobile with a bruff defect, so you knew that. You were good at making fun of yourself, so. Yeah. 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 <laughs> that was the exact same guy that Jennifer had walked up, they were asking us about a jump box and Jennifer had said, well, if you need a ride around the lap, you know, this little girl in her Harley can pull you around <laughs> the lap for you. Oh, nice. And he just kind of went, no, I think we'll figure yeah. it out. He goes, you sure? Just, you know. Uh, hey, that's, Your bike's that's, not that's, running. That's, you can ride with me. That's a, it is a bad feeling and we've all been there. I don't care what you ride. I mean, and I ride, I mean, I've, I've got several different brands. Most of them are Honda and I don't care how reliable you think they are. They will embarrass you in front of a group full of people where it, it won't crank or you'll, it'll fall off a kickstand or, you know, it's just, a, it never happens. Like when you're by yourself, it's always with a crowd, always uh-huh. with somebody watching, you know, Chad. Oh yeah, I know. I know. <laughs> <laughs> oh dear <laughs> so uh so anyways Somebody going back to the tri- a bike? trip home hang on we'll forget I tried. That. 
Yeah. So, so on Monday, I think Chad was trying to drop his bike all day. I'll just put it that way. And uh, so we get going down the road. Never seen this before. So we're caught back up to this big vehicle that left Heiko. And it was like traffic jam. And we're like, what's going on? And they, it was the vehicle, the, the tube or whatever it was, was so tall that they had electrical uh, boom truck with them to raise the power lines or any lines crossing the road so this truck could go underneath it. Wow. Yeah. So finally we got to the section they let us all buy. And so that was, that was interesting. And then I went to Chad's house on uh, Monday night and Chad goes to park his bike pull in the garage and he almost dumped it there doing that U-turn. Chad. Yes. Okay. Yeah, I, I, I cranked the handlebars too tight and I went to full bar lock and then leaned over and almost dumped it right there in front of John just <laughs> looking at me. He's like, are you all right? I was like, yeah. I wasn't sure you were looking. <laughs> so, uh, cool. yeah, so that was about it. And then, uh, the ride home, I stayed at Chad's house Monday night. Thanks again, Chad. Got up. Yeah, my pleasure, man. Headed out. And I'm so thankful I left the time I did because if I had left any later, I'd get leaving Denton. I think I've been hitting traffic jam and I've been really irritated. So, yeah, for sure. Anyways, so there's the trip to MotoGP and the return home. And, and I stopped and saw bacon. I, I stopped in Nashville and spent the night at Bacon's. Well, I was going to say, do you, you guys want to prepare your thoughts on the hand built show? Oh. We'll thank some people and then we'll we'll get into downshift. All right. Sound good? Sounds good. All right. Well, let's take a moment here and recognize the people who continue to make our show possible. And we do that by thanking the Riders of Loud Pipes for the continued support. And that would be Shad. Uh, Shad. <laughs> that would be Chad and Mr. Birch who are here tonight. So we want to thank them first. Thanks, guys. Yeah. My, My pleasure. pleasure. The rest of the group would be the first five. Marcus, Rickard, Edward, Jebby, and Zion. We have the Slack Pack, which is Chuck, Nobby Tire, Old Man Slacker, Sir Mike, Chad, and NC Rambler. Barbershop is Steven and Jacob. Loud Pipes Racing is, of course, Mr. Birch. And I'll just pause here for a second to remind everyone that we are looking for support for Loud Pipes Racing. And this does not have to be a monthly or an ongoing contribution. If you're on uh, loudpipesracing.com, there's a link there for. Just simple uh, one-time donations, and as we mentioned last time, if we can match what we what we provided to Greg Lambert Racing for this year for the Isle of Man TT, then we'll do it again next year, and of course, we'll expand the program as well. Okay, the riders group would be Steve, Micah, Kenny, Dangerous Dave, Bronco Ride, Rich, Joe, Tony, Jed's Moto, Scott, and Tim. And then lastly, we have Darren, the Motorcycles and Misfits podcast. Kale and David round out the insiders. We appreciate all the support, no matter the size. And if you would like to show your support, join this group. You can visit loudpipes.net slash donate. Check out all we have in there to offer. All right, Johnny John, I'm I'm all out of alcoholic beverages, and I managed to cough my way through that. So 
<laughs> How was the hand-built show? Awesome. Probably one of the best, I want to say one of the best, I think the best shows, custom bike shows I've been to. He had a little Ooh. bit of everything. Awesome stuff. I mean, we've had Justin on, Justin on the show, and he talked about it. Um, just amazing. And um, we got some talk with a couple people, a couple builders. Um, there's a, a gentleman that took a uh, Harley Buell Blast mm-hmm. and customized it. He's originally from Czech. I think so. And he came over here and he built a, took a Buell Blast 500, customized it in his apartment. Mm. Um, and stuff he did in this one of them, he did one or two of them here. And I think back home he has a flat track racer, Buell Blast, am I correct? Did he show us a picture of that, Chad? Yeah, he, um, so he was a pretty interesting little dude. He, uh, he had gone, he'd come over to the U.S. Um, what had happened, his fascination with the Buell Blast had actually started because somebody had bought one, got it over there to Czech Republic or wherever it was he was at, and uh, he had bought it from this guy because the guy was like, ah, oh, it's 500 cc's, and it's not what I wanted, it was the wrong mm-hmm. Buell. It was supposed to be the uh, Lightning or something, like the XB12 or something like that. And it was a blast. And <laughs> he loved it. He absolutely loved this bike. He fell in love with the platform. Well, he took it and he did a bunch of work to it. And he started searching these things out. Well, he realized he couldn't get them over there and check. He had to import them in and everything. So he came... He filled out all of his paperwork. John and I were talking to him. He did all of his paperwork. He came to the U.S. and got a job here, and then he started buying Buell Blasts. And he <laughs> would buy them, and he would customize them, and then he would sell them. Mm-hmm. And he has... How many did he say he has owned, John? What was it? Five or six of them? I think so. I don't remember the number. But, I mean, it's on the page. I'll have to... I know. I thought. I, I, I think Chad. I think you uploaded all the pictures to Cluster, didn't you? Yeah, everything yeah. I had. I yeah, I think was. Chad uploaded it. You know, it's a pretty neat bike. I uh, I know. I saw Justin later when we were about ready to leave, and he talked to the guy. So we'll try to reach out to him and yeah. get him on a future episode. He, he was probably the only guy customizing Buell Blast, so you know that's, that's a way to corner the market. So. Yeah, and it was, it was one of those unique things. And, and some of the bikes, a couple of the bikes I sat there and looked at was, um, you know, there's another Honda CB there. It had like the same paint scheme color-wise as Justin's. And I'm like, he said he wasn't bringing a bike. Did, did he bring a bike? You know, <laughs> I'm like, where's he at? And then there's another one of the Triumph that he had. And... um it just looked familiar, and it seems like some of the builders are kind of copying Justin a little bit, I see, and and I know it might be hard for Chad to see it because he hasn't seen Justin's bike in person, but it kind of looks that way, you know, kind of some of the yeah. stuff. Um, and then the other one that we um, oohed over when we first walked in there 
was that uh, Moda Guzzi. Yeah, the that was an interesting bike. Yeah, and in fact, uh, we didn't meet the builder, but we found out that John Jones, that listens to our show and lives near Chad, actually knows the builder. So, uh-huh. so I need to work on that. Rich, you and I need to work on that with John to try to get him connected and come on and talk about the bikes. Cause, I mean, we left a card there. Chad left a card, and I don't know his name. I think his name's Tony. Was I think what John said? If you found our card, we wanted to show you that we really appreciate and loved what you did with that bike. Um, I think what, we think it was a V seven classic. Mm, I don't know. What, I know it was a V seven. I don't remember if it was a classic, but it had the red heads, kind of like that. Kind of made it a bobber chopped under and off of it. Just kind of like totally changed it. Yeah, I'm going through the pictures now. Um, there is a new V85 TT in the pictures, so I don't know if it's near that. Yeah, it's near that. At all. It's near that. Yeah, I'm, I'm gonna. I'm just rolling through on. All right. I'm on revival site now. All right. Uh, looking... Speaking of revival, what did you think of the the birdcage bike? Did you get to see that birdcage bike? The one that they unveiled. Um, that big BMW engine in no. just looked like a skeleton frame. I don't remember when they unveiled it, but it was down during that show at some point. I don't remember. Yeah, I saw the, I saw the pictures of it. Yeah, I, I mean, I, I didn't go to the show, but I, I saw the pictures of the one you're talking about. It's basically just an, an engine in the wheels with a minimalist skeleton frame. Oh yeah, it was it was like a big arch in the in the middle. It was that big arch. I mean, it was just. Yeah, it was just, there wasn't I, much to it, yeah. I thought it was called the birdcage. I might not have that right, but... It is, no, it's called the birdcage. Yeah. And it had a uh, BMW's uh, prototype boxer engine. Yep. Do you remember seeing it, Chad? Big cruiser for them. Huh? Do you remember seeing it? No, I don't remember seeing this thing. It's entirely possible, though, right there by that revival stuff. Yeah. Um. Hang on a sec. I think I do remember seeing this thing. I may have gotten a picture of it because it's it just looked different because of the light. I'm trying. I'm on our cluster site looking. So, do 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 do. Give me a few minutes. Do do do. Oh, that's it's right. You uploaded a bunch like, of them to uh, our they, our photo share. Yeah, Chad did. I'm trying to get past all your stuff, Rich. <laughs> Sorry. Hey, John. Lots of VF. Yeah. Lots of VFR pictures. Like the yeah. Eiffel Tower laid on its side. What you say? It's going to look like the one that looks like the Eiffel Tower laid over on its side. Okay. Yeah, very thin. Wiring. Yeah, very skeletonized. Yeah, that's what I was going to say. Is yeah. It's real. Yeah. All right. Oh, this is all my pictures from the congregation, which we haven't talked about yet. Yeah. And it was really neat was that little bicycle with the copper seat, you know, pedaled, battery operated. And that would took us a while to figure out where the um, where the motor was. Did I have that many photos? Really? Holy cow! All right, here we go. Now I'm into Austin. Yeah. Scrolling, scrolling. Oh, the little Super Seventy Three. Is that what you're talking about? Uh, the electric pedal bike. Yeah. Yeah, you sent me those. I went and looked those up. They're pretty neat. 
I could see scooting around on one of those. Oh, there was a Nimbus. So, so we'll see. How can you change this out? Uh, Just click Shit gallery. Say, there's a Nimbus there at that show. Yeah. Where you, yeah. you find gallery there, Kurt, or, or Rich? Um, somewhere at the top. Oh, you've got Craig. Uh, what's his name? Rod Smith. You've got his bike in there. That real swoopy looking thing. That's pretty wild. Yeah, I don't think you had the the birdcage in your photos. Because I didn't hear about the bike until the show was over. Yeah, so if you maybe, get down... Maybe they unveiled it late. There's a... There's a, <clears throat> there's a... That's true. They could have unveiled it Saturday. And that's right. why I didn't have a picture of it. Because we only went Friday night. Yeah. Oh, I found your goozy. Did you find a goozy with red? Yeah, I did. Yep. See the seat? Yeah, that's pretty cool. Did, did you see? If the, I remember. I'll put it in the show notes. Did you see? Did you <laughs> see the bike there with all the big handlebars with the cross X? Way up yeah, in the air. that was crazy. Yeah, yeah. It's not in there, Chad. I went through the the list. So they may have unveiled it Saturday, which would make sense. Mm-hmm. The bearing bike is there. That's pretty wild. Oh. <laughs> Let's see. Sean, did you make it to that show? No, I didn't. We we didn't come in until Saturday. Um, we didn't get there till Saturday morning. And then uh, I thought that we, we might go back Saturday night. Uh, but but Johnny John and them, had uh, they had had enough fun. They didn't want to go back. So we decided we just went out to dinner that night and we didn't go. We didn't go back to the show. Yeah. So, gotcha. so I mean, it was a good show. I, I would highly recommend it for anybody in Austin. Um, it was a good old hangout time. A little little chaotic there trying to get tickets bef- during because we actually went to downtown <laughs> Austin to get tickets and they weren't exactly organized. And then, you know, well, I think is this the this is the first year they charged admission? Is that right? Or do you know? I thought they've always charged. Rich, oh, I was I'm reading about the you. FAQ. Yeah. Rich, I'm, I'm starting to see a pattern everywhere these guys went. They had some sort of, they ran into some sort of problem and <laughs> disorganization. I'm almost, I'm starting to see a common denominator. I uh-huh. mean, I, yeah. I'm just, I'm just saying, I'm starting to see a common denominator. So, so we went down there Friday thinking, okay, we'll go buy tickets because we were trying to buy tickets before instead of paying a service fee online. So we went down to the revival store on Congress, uh, Congress Ave or. Is it, isn't that where? Yeah, so, Congress, everything yeah, on like Congress. On Congress. Well, turn to find out, this is their storefront. Okay, well, where's the show going to happen? Oh, it's down to the um, Austin America building, mm-hmm. or America Statement building. So we went down there, walked in the building. Security guard was real helpful. Yeah, you go around, blah, blah, blah. So we go back there. There's a gate. We're like, and I'm like, Chad, we just need to open this gate. He's like, no, 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 we'll walk around. All right, so we walk around, found somebody, and they're like, Oh, yeah, we're not selling tickets until tonight at 6 p.m. Oh, jeez. Okay, come back. So we show up, and there's no, I mean, parking's kind of screwed up there. The guy said, park your bikes there, buy your tickets, then you can go on back, because they kind of let the bikes, if you had already bought, you can kind of go into the main section to park. Well, the line was really long. Chad said, forget this. Got his phone. All right, move to the will call line. 
So, <laughs> so we were trying to save money, but we actually this ended up in a will call line, and we weren't yeah. the only ones that ended up doing that. And then there was this um, a lady there that working security, and boy, she got everybody in line, didn't she, Chad? Oh man, what did she do to that one? That guy in the cut? She stopped him pretty quick, didn't she? Yeah, he tried to he tried to slide past her on his bike, and she like no. Go back over there. And he looked at him. Yes, ma'am. <laughs> yes, ma'am. <laughs> so, you know, she had it, and then we had our bands, and then we could go back, and they kind of did the same type of bands that um, Barbara does, Rich, with the with that Japanese whatever thing, you, that locking thing. The what? You know how Barbara does the the plastic thing? Oh, the wristbands with the, like, the one-way class. Yeah. Yep, that's, they kind of that, destroy it to take it off. Yeah, hand built to the same thing. But otherwise, it was a good show. I recommend it. Um, you know, it's pretty cool that they do it the same weekend as MotoGP. And, yeah, it makes sense. And um, yeah, what did you think of the? Did, now, did you watch Moto America too, or no? Yeah, yeah we, saved, we stuck around for. It. Yeah, yeah. How was that? That was that was good too. I think there was a little bit. Of a breakout in class there. I, I think there was some racing. What was, I mean, I'll give credit that uh, Suzuki won. I don't know who won Moto 2 and Moto 3, but uh, Suzuki won Moto GP and they won Moto America. So that was a good champion or manufacturer weekend for them, I think. So um, going back to racing, what I thought was really cool was, you know, I've been to NASCAR and we've done some other race events. Um, you know, one cool thing about dirt track racing is they always do the four rot wide, you know, before they go green to salute the fans, which I think is pretty cool. And MotoGP at the end, all the riders go around for one last lap, and all the corner workers come out and you know wave to them and stuff. And there was one rider, I don't know if it was Moto America or MotoGP, but he Moto America, Moto America, he stopped and high fived every single corner worker which was i thought was pretty awesome that he took the time to do that that's cool so yeah those those guys are volunteers i mean you have to take care of those uh you know it's like at the at the isle of man i mean those guys they call them the orange army they're all wearing the you know the orange uh tabards uh the orange yep. vest uh, and because they're doing it for volu- I mean, you're volunteering, and, and I tell you what, you cannot have an event that big without those no. people coming out and volunteering. That's the way it works. Yeah, and, so um, take take care of those guys. Yeah, and Alan that was on last week is up to Motor- going to be up at Motor America tomorrow. So yeah, that's how we get our tickets. So because for yeah. for volunteering, so he's doing it with PRE, which is a track track day program, and. For volunteering for the weekend, he gets a um, free ticket to give to someone else. Yeah, uh, Rich, uh, you know the the Isle of Man when they when they have the races and they and they have the marshals, you know they actually have what they call the Isle of Man TT Marshals Association. So I mean, it's it's guys that 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 coordinate the marshals. It's it's actually the uh, it's actually an association. It's actually a group that is kind of organized. And a good friend of mine from England, he volunteered with that for many, many years. So about 10 or 11 years ago when I first met him, he gave me his, I've got one of his orange vests, one of his Isle of Man TT Marshals Association uh, 
orange vest. So I wear whenever I need a high vis motorcycle vest, when I have to go somewhere where you're required to wear it. I always yeah. break that. I always break that out. You know, just just so people ask about it. So that's cool. All right. Very cool. Since we kind of gone down there, do you want to talk about the meltdown there, Rich? Real quick. Yeah, we can finish with the meltdown. So we kind of had split plans this weekend. John did the the back of the dragon and what are the other roads up there in Virginia? Uh a lot of roads. Uh we pretty much did the back of the dragon. We were trying to do the claw of the dragon. Um, it didn't work out as well. Um, that was a very interesting day when you end up in West Virginia going down the side road and people start looking at you kind of weird. So yeah. Did you hear banjo music? Um, no, but we think there was a guy on a porch loading his gun. Ah. So we decided we were on the wrong road. Get out of there. So we turned around and uh got out of there. But uh that section of the claw, I'm not sure if I didn't plan it right or what. But we actually didn't do it. We we were it was a lot in a day. I was planning a five hundred mile back road day. Um right. And that didn't include any stops. That was pretty much all outgoing. Um uh, five hundred miles in like twelve hours. Um so yeah, it was a little uh too we bit off a little too much, but we ended up cutting it off and we ended up at our favorite place. I'll give a shout out to Sarah at Fox's General Store. If anybody is in Troutdale, Virginia, it's on um fifty eight and sixteen kind of they meet. Stop in there. Really cool old fashioned store. Barbecue done all local. Um best place so stop in to see her she's really awesome and and um she she takes care of us uh sid i go up with goes up there every year and every time we've gone there's been some type of little issue the first year we went um i'm not trying to drag this out is um (laughs) he says oh they're barbecue she has best barbecue and they get there and she's out of they're out of barbecue and she was getting ready to go on a date and she said he said something to her and she's like let me go check the barbecue. And she actually went out to the grill, out to the smoker, and checked it. And said, "Yep, it's done here," and pulled it right off the right off the end for us. Oh, nice. Uh, um, this time I don't remember what the other things we've shown up with, but um, there's been other times she's ran out of barbecue or something else. This time they we showed up and they didn't have power because she's remodeling. And she said, and she has a boy boyfriend now. And said, "What do you guys want? We'll, we'll we'll put something together for you guys." So she actually cooked. I mean, she prepared us something. Um, they, she, the electrician was able was there working on something. Turn on power long enough to, for her to prepare our food. And then there's other people that showed up, and she's like, "Yeah, we're close." Oh, <laughs> so so it's really. I mean, she loves. You know, she we show up, and she's a really nice lady. And if anybody's in the area, stop in to see her. Awesome place. Yeah. I mean, I think the sandwich with potato chips was like less than ten bucks. So, and it's all, right. all like local stuff. So, anyways, all right. So, there's my thing. So, you went to Hendersonville. <laughs> so, yeah. While John was doing that, I headed west out to Hendersonville, North Carolina, and I met up with Rico, who rode up from Atlanta. Which, uh, sorry, buddy, that was an hour more than me. <laughs> and let's see. I went out there with. Um, Joe Kilbarger, who's was one of the Roadhogs crew who we've had on the show before, and uh, a couple of times. I think that was our first roundtable, wasn't it, John? Our first bikers roundtables with so. those guys. I think so. At OMB, yeah. 
So I rode out with him and a friend of his, Charlie. Um, I didn't catch the last name, but so that was fun. So I got to ride out from Charlotte with those two guys and took mostly back roads out there, which was nice. Riding the beautiful Interceptor, of course. And the funny thing is we get there to the parking lot and we pull in. There's this guy kind of like looking at us and sort of following us through the parking lot. I'm like, do we know this guy? Like, he's kind of like waiting for us to park and I get off the bike and he's, and he's like, what are the odds? He's was meeting somebody there about buying a 2014 red interceptor. <laughs> and I happened to show up. <laughs> Should have made him a deal. <laughs> yeah. I was like, well, how much are you willing to pay? <laughs> uh. So I told him, you know, what I, that I just bought it and what I paid for. It. And I guess his was, was about the same. So it was pretty cool. Awesome. But yeah, that bike's a head turner. You know, we had, it was just two different people came up that day and wanted to talk about it. It was pretty neat. The exact opposite of riding Harley, which kind of blends in, even though it's a good looking bike. Now you see the appeal. Cause I mean, uh, how we always get to talk and you're like, I got a Harley and, but everybody sees a Harley. It's so common. But when you start seeing other bikes, it's kind of like, what bike's that? Yeah. What bike's that? Yeah. Well, I mean, the Harley stands out to me, but I also know the minutia and the differences, like what right. makes it what it is. Right. But to other people, it's just a another, just another black Harley, and most people think it's a Sportster. Yeah. It's a deuce. But, it's not a Sportster. It's a deuce. Yeah, it's like I mean, Sportster, really? <laughs> it's a 1,500cc engine right there. But anyway, so the Meltdown, that was our whole purpose of going there, was to go to the Meltdown Vintage Festival. Which was pretty cool. A lot of bikes there. A lot of interesting bikes. I think, Sean, you think you said there was a Nimbus there as well, right? Yep. There was a Nimbus there. There was a 51 Vincent there. Uh, 26 Triumph. Uh, there was several old Triumphs that were triples, which I thought was yeah, pretty neat. Right. There were a lot of, uh, a lot of 60s, uh, a lot of 60s Triumphs. And uh, like I say, that one, there was a 26. And I think there were... Wasn't really many uh, pre units like like the the fifty two Thunderbird I've got is what they call a pre unit where the transmission and the motor are, are, are separate. Uh, but but there were a bunch of the uh, the the sixty unit twins and a lot of the triples, a lot of the late sixties, you know, early seventies uh, and the eighties triples. Um, started seeing a lot of those. I mean, that's a Triumph's a real popular uh, real popular bike. Uh, a lot of that, like I say, uh, there was a, a Velocette there, the English bike. Uh, there was, I saw one of those. I mean, that was the the Nimbus, the the Vincent, the Velocette. Those were your the really really rare bikes. And also, there was a if you saw it or not, there's a Briggs and Stratton bike, <laughs> a forty a forty six, which actually is basically a motorized bicycle, like a kind of like a Whizzer uh, setup, but right, it was actually right. made by. Briggs and Stratton. It was marketed by Briggs and Stratton. It's actually a, a Briggs and Stratton single cylinder motor in a Western Flyer bicycle from 1946. But I mean, but Briggs and Stratton marketed it kind of like a bicycle. I mean, like a motorcycle. Huh. Uh, so, but that guy, I've seen it there a couple of years now. But that's a, it's a really neat bike. It's all original. You know, I love patina. That's all, all original. A lot of cool motoguzis there. Um, uh, yep. You know, I, I I rode my my seventy one BMW R seventy five slash five. I rode it up, 
and and there were a lot of uh, cool uh, BMWs. Like I said, a lot of Airhead BMWs about the same model as mine. There were a couple older. There was a um, there was one slash two. Uh, one with a sidecar. Yeah, the one with the sidecar. Yeah, which it was a it was a slash two frame, but actually uh, a slash seven motor. It was a newer model motor and it had uh, disc brakes, so it was kind of like almost a resto mod. It was a really nice setup. That's really uh, yeah. I like the way he had it done. Uh, in fact, he won the uh, most out- the outstanding uh, German bike. He won the trophy for the outstanding German bike. Mm. Um, then uh, there were, like I said, it was, it was a couple of older BMWs. There was a fifty-something model uh, R50 uh, that was that was there. That was a really cool bike. Like I said a couple of couple of classic Motoguzis. There was a really cool Eldorado that was there that I really liked. And there were uh, there were a good many um, jockey shift Harleys there too. Good 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 many uh, knuckleheads and uh, panheads. Uh, I stood there at the award ceremony. I was standing there next to the guy that won for the best American bike, and he had a uh, a, a really nice uh, knuckle. Uh, and yeah, was, down uh, down by where the dyno was, there were some definitely definitely some old. What am I trying to say? There were some cool old Harleys down at that end. I think they kind of, they kind of had them separated by they they, brand, they did they, they had them separated by class uh, where you yeah. were talking about where the the end where the dyno was were the American bikes because okay. truthfully there's not very I mean for for that model show that yet year that vintage show there there were a good many American bikes I mean which are all Harleys of, of course but but not too many uh, so the the first section right there were the American bikes. Then you got into the British bikes, and, and that that's put on by the Ton Up Club, you know, which is a huge British bike club up there in Highlands. Um, and there were a ton of Triumphs and uh, Nortons, uh, you know, really really cool bikes. And like I say, there was that, you know, there's a Vincent and the Velocette, and there was um, uh, they, they, all the English bikes were together. And then once you got down past the food trucks, is where the German bikes started. So, yep. you know, it was, it was me and probably about what, 15, maybe, uh, BMWs, you know, most of them, all, all of them were airheads that were there. And then, uh, then you got into the Italian bikes. There were a couple of, uh, Ducatis and uh, I saw one MV Agusti and, um, then you saw a ton of, uh, Moto Guzis. There were, there were probably, I mean, I mean, literally 15 or 20 Moto Guzis. And then the very end of it was Japanese. And, you know, you saw a ton of CB Hondas. And then, you know, there were, there were a few cool old Yamahas and uh, Suzukis. Uh, I spotted so, a, real, a real oddity uh, in the sport bike section. Well, it wasn't the sport bike section, but the Japanese section. Japanese section. It was a Yamaha V4 two-stroke. Two-stroke, yeah. yeah I was I like, that. what in the heck? <laughs> <laughs> Did you hear him crank it up and ride, man? That thing it sounds wicked. I mean that, that V four uh, two stroke. It's it's wicked. I could only yeah. imagine. Yeah, but it was a great show. Like I say, I was uh, I was been looking forward to it. Uh, I had I decided I was going to ride up. So like I say, I, I got my got my old BMW all serviced up the week before, and and ended up riding. Uh, by, I tried to get some guys from here to ride with me, but everybody ended up having something else to do. So I ended up just riding by myself. So I rode uh, 150 miles from from Edgefield to to Hendersonville. I didn't I didn't actually stop. I left at eight o'clock in the morning. I didn't stop till I hit Greenville. I had 100 miles before <laughs> I stopped. Yeah, and 
You know, like I say, it doesn't sound like much on a bike, uh, but do it on a 71 sometime. <laughs> do it on, right. you know, do, do it on an old bike with drum brakes and, uh, and you know, old suspension. And it's, uh, yeah, but it's, it's such, a, such a nice bike, though. I love that bike. And I had a great, it was great weather. It was, it was perfect. So, I, but I, I, you know, I rode up and, like I say, stopped in, in Greenville, got some gas, got a little something to drink, and then rode the rest of the way up there. And then I paid the five dollars to enter the show not because i cared about winning a trophy because <laughs> it was the best way to park i mean it was yeah you got the best parking spot hey for five bucks man it was it was cheap and so i i got there early at about 11 o'clock and parked up and went over to where the beer tent was and got a got a uh, cold drink sat around and listened to some great bands i mean it's a great time if you get a chance to go if you're if you're in the area you know, it's it's a good time. They got some great food trucks. It's right there at Appalachian Brewing Company. They've got great beer. I mean, you see some killer bikes. Uh, they got lots of good vendors were there. You know, uh, Boxer Two Valve was there. That's the BMW specialist. Uh, Helite um, Air Vest. You know, the safety vest, uh, airbag vest were there. Uh, those those guys were. Uh, I, I, I talked to uh, uh, I talked to uh, one of the reps there, guy, uh, uh, an Austrian guy named Newt, and it was, it was really, really interesting. And he did some demonstrations that day. Um, nice. It was, it was really, it's really a good time. They have bands all day. They have, you know, food and beer all day. They, they have drawing. They sell 500 tickets at $25 each for a vintage bike every year. They give it. You have to be present to win. They only sell 500 tickets, and this year. It was a sixty-something model uh, Triumph, and it was, uh, you know, it's 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 pretty cool. I had my twenty-five dollars in. I was I was hoping to win it, but alas, I come up short. But it was uh, it's 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 a good time. It was just really, and then they couldn't have asked for better weather this year. wasn't you know hot. It wasn't cold. wasn't raining. It was just you know sunny and cool. You couldn't beat it. I needed a hat though because I did burn the top of my head. Pretty yeah, pretty it was the the sun was out and you don't have enough hair covering the top of your head. You should have no, had a, no, a no. hat or a do rag. Yeah, absolutely, you should have. <laughs> and it was good. Sunblock. Uh, some sunblock. Yeah, and I, I it was the first time I got to meet uh, Brother Hogan. It was uh, we got to meet in person, so that was cool. Got got to meet Brother Hogan and uh, yeah, and it was it was a it was a great time. But I, I really did. I had a, a great uh, ride up. Uh, got to see the cool bikes, uh, you know, meet some real, I met some really nice people. I, I met a, a, a guy that had a similar experience traveling Europe that I do. He goes over every year and, and, and travels. He keeps a bike, uh, in Germany and uh, Heidelberg. He found a company that ships your bike out of Orlando and then they'll store it over there for a dollar a day. So oh, what nice. he's done is, so it was, you can ship it back and forth, but, what he did was is that it was cheap enough for him and he wants to go over every year. So he just says, Hey, for 365 bucks, it's, it's cool just to pay the storage fee every year. Yeah. So he's been doing that for about six years now. So it was, uh, you know, it was good to talk to him. And, uh, then my, my wife came up after the show was over and we stayed at a little, uh, nice place. Uh, the, the mill house right there in flat rock ate at some cool restaurants and, 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 uh, kind of bummed around she she brought her bicycle and she uh she rode up uh the skyuka mountain right there in in columbus the next day on her bicycle and we hung around and then we rode home sunday had a great had a great trip it was just a, i mean couldn't ask for better weather for motorcycling it was and it was a great show and it was, it was good to see you guys and i know y'all took yeah, off and went up to y'all y'all took off and went up to see uh, sierra nevada so i wish i could have went with you guys up to sierra nevada 
Yeah, can't, can't get that close and not stop in. It's <laughs> it's a great. That's a great stop. Yeah, like moths to a flame. <laughs> oh yeah, but they're you know the, the the way they do hot wings there just unreal. It's good food. It's good food. It's good atmosphere. It's terrific beer. You know, and it's uh, yep. it's like adult Disneyland. I mean, it is. It's it's great. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then we had a good ride home. We took uh, sixty four. Out around Lake Lure and that's beautiful. Up nine, nine and seventy four on the way back to Charlotte. It's a nice ride, right? That's great. That was a great roads. And of course, every time I take sixty four, I try to hit the corners a little bit, and I always end up behind a few cars. Yeah, that's the way it works. It's like, come on. <laughs> but anyway, but Johnny John, yes, sir. We left Lake Wiley, which is less than a half hour from my house and rode from there to Hendersonville. We didn't stop. uh, Hang on, hang on, hang on. Do what? (laughs) We didn't stop. Was that over two hours? Uh, About two hours, I guess. We took all side roads, mostly. That's that's a good good little stint. All right, man. All right. Shall we talk about events? Yeah. You want to do the events? All right. I'll do the events this time. You, the next one coming up, so all, all on you. Oh, yes. May 9th to the 29th is a fourth annual Motorcycle Podcast Challenge. So uh, we got about, I think the f- number is 50, right, 50 people signed up for it this year. So I think Chad is predicting a motorcycle man for the win. That, that's what he's predicting. That's what I heard. <laughs> I think that's we great. We have to put idea. him to sleep. Yeah, Ch- Chad went to sleep. No, I'm not asleep. I'm still here. Can you hear me? <laughs> yeah, we can hear you. Yeah. All right. Okay. And then uh, the Loud Pipes Meetup and Gettysburg, and, and Gettysburg Bike Week, July 12th through the 14th. Rich is finalizing the cabin, I think. He's working on it. I, I am. Yeah, we'll have, should have that done tomorrow, actually. All right. And then uh, Antiques on Main and Chesney is July 27th through the 29th. I am Sir? heading to upstate New York, August 9th through 12th. Rich Rico and probably Sean. I'm not sure who else is going, but in 2020, they're going to Ironman TT. And in 2020, I'm heading to Sturgis with Dangerous Dave. I think Chad's going to join in the Shanigans in, in, uh, in South Dakota, too, I think. That's the last time I heard. He's trying to. That's the plan. That's the plan. He's thinking about it. He's thinking about it. So, not sure who else is going to show up up there, but could be some trouble up there for us. I think that's all right. That's it. That's it. That's all right. It. Um, let's see. So I want to thank uh, thank Chad and Sean for joining us. Appreciated hearing about MotoGP and the hand built show and all the shenanigans in Austin. Sounds like it was a really good time. Yeah, it was. As it says in the church bulletin, a good time was had by all. <laughs> you missed out there, uh, buddy, Rich. Yeah, I, I have to do it. I mean, I. I want to see MotoGP, of course, but just uh, it sounds like the whole entire experience was a good time. So we need to we need to line that up. Let's see. So I would like to again thank the riders of Loud Pipes for their continued support. And if you're interested in joining our group and supporting the show, please visit loudpipes.net forward slash donate. And additional information from this episode, including some links and maybe an image or two we can scare up. I know John and. And Chad certainly took a bunch on the trip. 
Um, you can find all that information at loudpipes.net slash 158. We have links there to leave us some feedback, subscribe to the show, and of course, follow us on social media. All right, Johnny John. Yes, sir. Kick stands up or parking brake? Or yeah, whatever. let's go. Burn rubber. All right. Thanks. Thanks, Sean. Thanks, Chad. Appreciate it. Yep. Yeah, we Thanks, guys. Good night. Thank you for listening please consider supporting the show we offer generous rewards for your contribution find more details at loudpipes.net forward slash donate